You don't have to tell how you live each day. You don't have to tell if you work or play. A tried true barometer serves in its place. However you live, it shows in the face. The false, the deceit that you bear in your heart will not stay inside where it first got its start. For flesh and blood is a thin veil of lace. What you have in your heart will show in your face. But if your life is unselfish and for others you live, not for what you can get, but for how much you can give, if you live close to God and His infinite grace, you don't have to tell it. It shows in the face. That's a classic right there. I love that. That simply means that our faces reflect what we're wearing in our hearts. We're going to sing this uh, song uh, of uh, encouragement and invitation. And by the way, um, let me encourage you to uh, always look at our worship services through the eyes of the unchurched. Because we have a tendency, and I'm the chief of sinners, but we have a tendency to not explain some of the things that we're doing and why we're doing them. And, the, uh, and, and, and our guests don't know. You know, they don't know. First of all, they don't understand why we, uh, we, spell, uh, uh, we pronounce J-O-B, Job. They don't understand that. Now, how could you get Job out of job, you see? And, and then we use scary words like Pentateuch, which simply means the first five books of the Old Testament. That'll run anybody off if they're unchurched, you see. And then they don't know what an invitation song is for if we don't explain it. But then uh, I, I was... Uh, I preached two weeks ago on Sunday night, and I go and sit down over on the end of the pew there, and so we're already into the closing announcements and the closing prayer is about to be led. Here comes a lady who had been visiting the church for about six months, but she, has, she was unchurched, you know, and she came up there and she whispered to me, and she said, I don't know what the procedure is, but may I request a prayer for my grandson? I said, yes, yes, absolutely. And I jumped up and called time out, you know, and we had a prayer. But see, she didn't know what the procedure was. You know why? It's my fault, because we never explained it. We never explained what we're doing. But we're going to create a moment with this invitation song so that if anyone needs to come forward and ask their church family to pray for them, then you come forward during the song. And... Um, and the, and the elders, the shepherds here will, will be happy to pray for you. And if you're not yet a Christian, but you want to be, then notice, uh, the, on the, notice uh, we're about to show it on the screen here, that we have the, the scriptures that teach God's plan of salvation. Notice that vertical column, which mentions 1 Timothy 2, 4. 1 Timothy 2, 4. That scripture says that God desires to save us. That means he desires to save you. So if you've ever wondered, does God want me to go to hell? The answer is no. Does God want me to be in heaven with him? Yes. And so that scripture says that he desires you to be with him in heaven so much that he sent his son to pay the price and to take the punishment so that you don't have to take the punishment and you can be saved. Sin's forgiven. And of course the scripture teaches in Romans 10, 17 that we need to, to hear that gospel. Uh, that Jesus Christ is the Son of God and that he was killed and he was buried and he was resurrected on the third day. And that he's a living Savior. And that his innocent blood removes sin. We need to hear that gospel and believe John 8, 24 with all our hearts. We need to be willing to repent. And repent simply means a change of conduct a manner of life and change of 
attitude or mindset. It's a, it's a change. It's a deliberate change. It's a, it's on purpose change. It's not something that that we some kind of outside force overwhelms us. It's where we determine in our own hearts that we are going to change. Repent. And then, of course, we are to be willing to confess that we believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, our Savior. And then we receive baptism. I love the word receive because, you see, baptism is the, it can't be a work because it's the most passive thing you can possibly do. I mean, you just surrender, you know, and you allow someone to, you know, to get to lift you up out of the water. I mean, you, you just, you, know, you it's a passive event. But it reenacts in your heart and life the death and the burial and resurrection of Jesus. And that's why it's important. And that's why the scripture teaches that it's the blood that removes sin or washes sins away. But it happens when we participate in his death, his burial, his resurrection. Baptism. And we receive baptism as a gift of grace. And then, of course, we make a commitment when we do so that we're going to be faithful. Revelation 2.10. We're not going to be fair-weather friends to the Lord. If he's willing to suffer for us and, and, to, and to, to go through all that he went through in order for us to be saved, and then we're going to be faithful. Just like when two people stand before a church and they give their vows, they are, they are, um, they are saying, I will be faithful to you. And they're making that commitment. That's what we do when we become Christians. We're making that commitment to be faithful to the Lord. So, if you've not yet obeyed these basic primary commands, which get you started in your spiritual life, then you'll never find a better time than right now, tonight. If you need the prayers of the church, you'll never find a better time than right now to ask your church family, family to pray with you and for you. So if you need to come, now's the time. Come on up while together we stand and sing. It's so simple.